<laughs> I'm a little bit puffing because I've just done some exercise. And the exercise that you do, the eating plan that you're on, what results do you want to get from them? Are you getting them? If not, why not? Why do some people fail when they start an exercise and eating plan? And my definition of failure, of course, is give up. So there's a great start. If you never give up, you can never fail. But there's another great quote that why would you keep banging your head against a brick wall if you're getting a sore head? So if you're trying something and it's not working, why not? And how can we fix it? And if you really want to be healthy, fit and strong for the rest of your life, I always ask these four questions, as you know, uh, you're eating an exercise plan. Now, obviously, there's a result and a goal that you want to get from them. But should you be able to demand four things? Number one, I think, is a fundamental, should you have a stack of energy? How can you live your life if you're tired and lethargic and unenergetic? So should you be able to wake up with a stack of energy, maintain it throughout the day without having to put in any pharmaceuticals or caffeine or do anything to, oh, I've got to get some more energy, uh, and go to sleep peacefully, sleep deep, wake up the next morning refreshed. So a stack of energy. Number two is you perform at your best. So if, if you're eating an exercise plan is not giving you the energy that you need to perform at your best at everything that you do, uh, why not? And should you get a better eating and exercise plan? Uh, number three is the way you look and feel. Physically to touch, how do you feel? Do you feel tight? Do you feel hard? Do you feel soft and squidgy? How do you want to feel? Do you want to feel smooth? Do you want to feel hard? Lots of different uh, requirements that people have for the way they want their the way they want their body to look and feel. What about you? What do you want? And then my fourth one is that you are, whatever you're doing, you're getting the exact result that you want. So if it's for a sporting event, if, if it's for a social event, if it's for some kind of performance, if it's because you want to look good in a bikini, if you've got an event coming up, whatever it is, the eating and exercise plan that you've chosen, should it give you the results that you want and even a little bit further than that, in the time frame that you want? So do you want it to be take a really long time and be really boring, or do you want it to happen fast? Silly question, Roy. Here's an even more silly question that uh, I've never asked anybody. <laughs> Nobody's ever said to me, Roy, can you please make sure that my exercise plan makes me unenergetic, tired, and lethargic? It makes me perform poorly at everything that I do. It makes me look terrible and feel terrible, and it doesn't give me the results that I want, or it might give me the results that I want if I want those three things. 40 plus years as an exercise professional and nobody has ever said to me that they want to be weak, unfit and feel terrible. So why do we have so many people in the world that are living their life exactly that way? And, and, and that will come often with, I've tried everything and it didn't work. I've tried every diet, I've tried every exercise plan, I've done every pill powder and potion, I've done every, every program and nothing's worked for me. So why is that? And can we fix it? <laughs> As an exercise professional, obviously that's been my goal. My entire life has, has been dedicated to wanting people to feel healthy, fit, strong, energetic, and stay that way for the rest of their lives. Uh, and I've been fighting uh, a very fast-losing battle uh, as medical professionals have shared with, with me and with the world, uh, the, the pandemics of coronary heart disease, type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease, most cancers, depression, obesity, Alzheimer's, dementia, the big killer diseases in the world, uh, most of those we give to ourselves by inactivity and by mouth. 
and the medical professionals are not ever talking about prevention anymore. And they're not even talking about cure. They're talking about how do we control it? Because if it's a pandemic, it means we're going to get, we're with it. It's going to stay with us. An endemic means it's going to be here the whole time. How do we stop it from getting out of control? Uh, I can't physically change what's going on in the rest of the world. I've dedicated my life to it and hasn't worked very well because since I've been an exercise professional, uh, the world has actually gotten fatter and sicker and weaker than it's ever been, more diseased than it's ever been, more depressed than it's ever been. So, of course, I keep asking the questions, why? Why is this happening to our world and why isn't it working? Why isn't the simple message of get fit, get strong and stay that way for the rest of your life, why isn't that working? Now, it works for some people, though, doesn't it? <laughs> As I shared, I've just done a great exercise session. I've lifted some heavy things. Uh, my strength training session, where I've worked every single muscle, bone, ligament, tendon, joint, cardiovascular system, uh, respiratory system, skeletal and muscular system, endocrine system, everything's worked really hard and uh, came in and was helping me uh, train in my anti-aging garage gym this, just now. And my entire workout took about seven minutes. I did one, two, so I did bench presses, push-ups, squats, lunges, chins, and some dips. So six exercises, bang, 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 done, finished, out of there, less than 10 minutes. Uh, for something that keeps me young and strong for long, gives me a fast metabolism, stops me from getting osteoporosis, bone thinning disease, stops me from getting old, literally. <laughs> the two biomarkers that prove that we're aging poorly is that we lose our strength and we lose our muscle. Well, I feel fantastic and I'm an old lady. I've got, I'm really strong and I'm really fit. Like I, I sprint every day and talk about how long, do, uh, Roy, how long do you sprint for? 10 seconds, because that's what the phosphate system is. That's the 100% effort system that gives you everything else you need after that. Because once you get as strong as you possibly can in your 100% system, is it possible that all the other systems will get fit too because you're putting 100% effort in? So I'm sharing that because that simple process of get puffed, cardiovascular huffy puffy at 100% for 10 seconds, I do that 4, 5, 10, 15, 20 times a day because it's so easy to do that for 10 seconds. Literally, it's hard for 10 seconds, but it's only 10 seconds. And then my strength training, as I shared, six exercises, and I did a major effort today because normally I only do two or three exercises, which I was in a, I don't want to go, it feels awesome. Uh, and that was seven minutes. So this simple, tiny amount of exercise numbers and effort and, and even passion and energy, because it's easy to do something when it's short. And yet that, that little simple program keeps the human body, every system in the human body. Are you ready? And I'm going to start with the inside of the bones, the immune system. Our immune system works beautifully. It's a really intelligent mechanism of killing germs and bugs and viruses. And if you get worms or you pick up some kind of uh, uh, yucky stuff in your food, doesn't matter. Your body's capable of fighting everything that the world throws at it if your body's healthy. And if you've got strong muscles and bones, so you've got strong muscles pulling on strong bones, you're going to have a strong immune system. So very unlikely to get sick ever. And if you do get sick, you'll get better really quickly because your body's immune system will race in, attack the germs, bugs, viruses, kill them off, and you get better really fast. As you can tell, I'm very passionate about this because for me, exercise is a simple process. When it comes to food, does food work? Like how do you make your, 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 your exercise work? Uh, what fuel do you need? Uh, there's a lot of argument about food, and I'm not interested in arguing, and I'm not interested in fighting about food in particular because I love food. <laughs> Uh, so 
I'm because I'm an exercise professional, my focus is if I can get my body healthy, fit and strong, what what will happen to my body's ability to burn up energy, burn up calories, burn up fat, carbohydrate, sugar, alcohol, lollies, chocolate, cake, biscuits, whatever I put into it, will my body be able to burn it up? And of course the answer is yes. So as an exercise professional, my focus has always been on exercise. I'm not interested in dieting. I'm not interested in reducing the amount of food that I eat. I'm not interested in wasting calories on food that I don't like. I'm not interested in anything about food that isn't yummy. How about you? (laughs) I want to perform at my best. I want to have a stack of energy. And yes, I want to have the fuel to do that. But is it possible that if I've got a healthy, fit, strong body and a healthy, fit, strong brain, that I'll make better decisions about my food anyway? So how come that simple message doesn't work for everybody? Is it that it doesn't work for everybody or that people don't do it? And probably a better question, why don't people do it? So I'm going to start right at the beginning. It's easy for me. I have a driving force. And the big thing about any goal that you ever set doesn't matter whether you talk to psychologists or psychiatrists or sports coaches or NLP, neuro-linguistic programming practitioners, master practitioners, doesn't matter who you talk to at Headspace, they will all share very passionately, yeah, that you have to want something and you have to have a why for wanting it. So if you have an eating and exercise plan and you want it to give you a certain result, that's a great process, yes, but why do you want that result? And could that be the best place to start instead of let's get an eating plan, let's get an exercise plan, let's set a goal. Why? How about why? Why do I want this? And is it possible that if I have three, four, five, ten, twenty big reasons why I want to achieve something, I'm more likely to achieve it versus I might only need one why? So if you wake up in the morning and you have a driving force to be fit and strong, is it possible that it will be much easier to go exercise? Now, for me, it's really easy because my exercise program is so short. So even if I don't feel like it, the really, the really cool thing about 100% effort exercise is that as soon as you get puffed, you're pumping those neurotransmitters through your brain that make you feel good anyway. And it's interesting because people say, I don't feel like exercising, so I won't exercise. It's interesting that when you do exercise, you feel like exercising because momentum creates momentum, energy creates more energy. So even if you don't feel like it, if you just, and this is the thing, 10 seconds, it's not a minute, it's not two minutes, it's not half an hour, it's not a 45 minute class, it's not a half an hour walk, plod jog, whatever you're normally doing. And the reason I say that, I try not to be sarcastic about that because I'm the one that has done marathons and half marathons and used to teach 45-minute classes and one-hour classes until I started to get a really good understanding of my anatomy and physiology. And that's all I'm asking as exercise professionals, that if we really want to help people achieve their goals and long-term, because when we talk about the word fail, is it possible that the only definition of failure is to give up? So if you never give up, you can never fail. But I'll go a step backwards again I can understand why a lot of people fail. Uh, There's a lot of people that go to a gym, and I just thought this, I would like to think that this was in the past an old-fashioned, boring way of exercising, but I'm pretty sure that most gyms you go to now, this is what's going to happen. You'll go to the gym and you'll be given a program and or a list of classes. And it's very rare in any gym around the world where an exercise class is less than 30 minutes. They're all 30 minutes or 45 minutes or an hour. Just picture that if you're really unfit and perhaps overweight and maybe you're a smoker and maybe you haven't been eating very well for a long time 
and somebody expects you to move your body for 30 minutes. Now, that's a short class. But think about how long 30 minutes would be for a lot of people, let alone 45 or an hour. And if I do a 30-minute class or a 45-minute class or a one-hour class and I just plug my way through it in my aerobic system, so I'm not doing the 100% phosphate, get puffed, put in 100% effort, I'm plodding my way through. I have to because I have to pace myself. It's a long time and I'm not very fit. How fast do I get results then? If I do a 50% effort, is it possible that it's going to take 50% longer to get results or am I only going to get a 50% result? Is it possible that if every time I exercise I put 100% effort in, I'm going to get 100% result and could I get it quicker? So is it possible that a lot of the reasons why people fail at their exercise program, which means they give up on it, is because it's too long, it's too boring, it's too complicated, it might be intimidating. A lot of that, and I'm very guilty of this, a lot of my exercise classes when I was a choreographed group exercise guru, uh, there was some complicated choreography. You had to get your arms and legs moving at, at a different time and moving a different way and a different angle. And you had to keep in time with the music and, and everybody else got it right. And maybe you didn't get it right. You see, it felt like you're a bit of a dick. And people hated it. <laughs> the only people that loved those choreographed classes with the complicated routines were the dancers. But what was interesting is that the dancers didn't really like it either because they wanted it to be more complicated and more dancey and more... Uh, brain uh, enhancing so I'm sharing with you really passionately that if we don't do it differently is it possible that a lot of people are going to continue to fail and in fact there might be people now that don't start is it possible that so many people have failed at an exercise program didn't get the results that they want it was all too hard too complicated too boring too intimidating just too hard. There's another interesting one about hard. If you do something for 45 minutes and you haven't exercised before and you just do a repetitive strain or a repetitive movement, I'll take the strain out of it, you just do a repetitive movement for 45 minutes that you haven't done for 10, 15, 20 years, is it possible that the next day when you try and get out of bed that your whole body says, nah, not getting out of bed, can't move? I cannot uh, even count the number of people that have shared that the reason that they stopped their exercise program after the first go is because when they woke up the next morning they couldn't move and it destroyed their quality of life they couldn't go to the bathroom the next morning they couldn't eat their cereal the next morning because their arms didn't work they couldn't put their shoes on the next morning because their body was so tight is it possible that that kind of exercise program has wrecked a lot of people for a lifetime uh, as an exercise professional from me to you, if you're a parent, if you're a teacher, if you're a coach, if you are a healthy, fit, strong person who wants to inspire people to be healthy, fit and strong, is it possible we have to do it a bit differently? Let's start at number one. What do you want? <laughs> not what do you have to do and here's how to do it, but what do you actually want? And I'm not sure that that is, it seems a common sense question to ask. If somebody comes to you, whether it's a gym or a personal training studio or a boot camp or a yoga class or you are just an expert, you might be a social media expert, and they come to you online. And people say, I want to get this. I want this to happen for my body. Do we find out why? Or do we just go, well, this person wants to lose weight. Here's your program. Here's your exercise. Here's your eating plan. Go. Is it possible that the psychology of exercise is far more important than the physiology? Because the physiology is pretty simple, yeah? <laughs> 
get people to exercise at 100% effort, get them really fit, get them to lift heavy so they get strong, every muscle and bone in their body, and they're going to stay young and strong for long. I, said, I think I said that in about 30 seconds, less maybe. But if I don't know what somebody's why is, why do you want to get fit and strong? And I always use the example of dentists for this because I think it's really important. I think they've got it right. The dentists don't talk about the process. They don't, when you go to the dentist, they don't say we've got a beautiful uh, uh, leather chair for you to lie in. We've got this amazing titanium drill that we're going to drill you with. And we've got these fantastic uh, gloves that we wear while we're inside your mouth so you don't get germs. And we have this lovely stuff that you can swish in your mouth so that we kill all the germs in your mouth before we do any drilling. None of that gets talked about, yeah? A great dentist will talk about not just having straight, white, pretty, clean teeth, healthy, pretty, clean teeth, but they talk about, if they're really good at what they do, they talk about how you'll feel when you have straight, white, pretty, healthy teeth. Uh, they don't even have to talk about it, do they? We just want it. We know that we might have to go through this process of going to the dentist, getting our teeth cleaned. We might have to get a, a cavity filled or we might have to get something done to have those teeth. But how do you feel when you've got straight, white, clean, pretty teeth? The exercise profession, I think we screwed that up. We talk about how many classes and how long they go for and how many pieces of equipment there are in the gym and uh, how long you have to exercise for and how many days and how many reps and how many sets and what you can and can't eat. A lot of can't eat, can't have, mustn't have, don't have because that's bad for you, which is interesting because when you start locking together eating and exercise, is it possible that if somebody drops off their eating plan, they also drop off their exercise plan or, or vice versa? So that's what I always talk about. How about we focus on exercise, get people really fit, really strong in the shortest way possible so that they can stick to that for the rest of their life. And once they've got those happy drug neurotransmitters pumping brain-derived neurotropic factor into their brain, which is fertilizer for your brain, is it possible that when your brain's being constantly fertilized, you can think more clearly, think more creatively, become wiser and mentally tougher, that you might actually make better decisions about your food? And I think that might be a really great thing for all of us to consider. And here's why. Because the world's getting fatter and sicker and weaker and more depressed and more diseased than it's ever been. I hate even saying that because as an exercise professional for 40 plus years, I thought I was going to change the world. And I haven't. Uh, that's why I'm asking you personally. What, what do you want? Why do you want it? And do you want to help other people to get the results that they want and find out the reasons why they want it? So is it possible that an eating and exercise plan will always fail, which means people give up? That's the definition of failure. If you, don't, if you never give up, you'll never fail. But people stop doing, they stop exercising, they stop eating healthy food, or they yo-yo, so one day they do, one day they don't. They start on Magical Day Monday, they're finished by Wow Day Wednesday, they start again next Magical Day Monday. There's a whole heap of... Ooh. <laughs> Here's what I want for everybody. Enjoy your food, enjoy your exercise, have a fantastic day. Enjoy your food, enjoy your exercise, have a fantastic day. Even if life throws challenges at you, you're tough and strong and fit and mentally tough so you can handle it, and you just stay equally happy all of the time. When stress comes into your life, you actually enjoy it because you've got a body that's fit and strong and can fight it and overcome it. Wouldn't that be awesome? So how do we maintain that for people? So number one, do we need to find out specifically what they want? Number two, do we need to find out about their lifestyle? Is it possible that if somebody throws something at you that's not going to fit into your lifestyle, doesn't fit into your 
religious or moral beliefs, and I'm talking particularly about food, is it possible that there's a lot of eating plans that fail because we didn't ask people, what do you like to eat? What don't you like to eat? Why do you eat this way at the moment? The way you're currently eating, why do you eat that way? And when I, as you can tell, I'm really passionate about this because I've been into too many, literally thousands of health clubs, personal training studios, boot camps, exercise facilities around the world. I have traveled a lot in my very long life. And obviously when I travel, I go to exercise facilities. And a lot of people complain to me that their gym's not making enough money or they don't have enough members or they don't have enough clients for their personal exercise coaching or they don't have enough people in their boot camp or their business is not as as successful as they would like it to be. And I always ask this question because remember Max is not just a, a fitness business college, not just a fitness college, it's a business college as well. We have a lot of students that come to us just to get, have a successful business, not particularly interested in the fitness side. But I always ask this question, how can you have a successful business if you don't have a healthy, fit, strong body that can give you a healthy brain to be able to uh, create great ideas for that business? So people ask me both lots of questions. How do I get healthy, fit and strong? And how do I make my business healthy, fit and strong? And the businesses that are unhealthy, the businesses that are weak, the businesses that are depressed, the businesses that are just not working, I always ask this question, give me a list of your members, give me a list of your clients, give me a list of people that have come into your business in the last six months or 12 months. Now let's go through this list. Do you know this person? How long since you spoke to them? What did they come here for? What was their number one goal? What was the next goal they wanted to achieve? And what was their lifetime goal? And as an exercise professional, I think it would be irresponsible, yeah, if we don't know why somebody came to us in the first place. And of course, we can help them achieve their goals. That's what we do. If somebody wants to lose weight, get fit, fit into some clothes, be, uh, become better at a sport, all of that. All of those things are simple processes. As an exercise professional, if you understand your anatomy and physiology, can you help people to get fit and strong and look great in their clothes and play their sport much better? Of course. So the short-term goal is easy, but do we know what their next goal is? Because once somebody's achieved something, of course we want them to keep coming and to achieve their next goal. And then what's their lifetime goal? And I always ask this because for me, it's not just about I want to get into my little black dress for Christmas or I want to get into my ski gear for winter or I want to get into my bikini for summer. How about this? What do you want to look like at 40? Fabulous. What about 50? Fantastic. What about 60? You want to look sexy? What about 70? Spectacular. 80? Look awesome. 90? Never going to give up. Happy and healthy at 100 plus. How about those long-term goals? Should we know those about the people that have come into our lives and asked for our help? Particularly because as I get older, fabulous at 40, fantastic at 50, spectacular at 66, sexy at 70, awesome at 80, never give up at 90, happy and healthy at 100 plus. For most people, after 40, it's downhill. And it, unfortunately, that's becoming 35 and 30. There's a lot of people who are really out of shape and really unhealthy and much younger than 40, 50, 60. What about if you got healthier after 40, 50, 60, 70? And shouldn't you? As you get fitter and stronger, as you get more chronologically older and wiser, shouldn't you also get fitter and stronger? So as an exercise professional, should I know what somebody's immediate goal is, what their next goal is, and then what their long-term goal is? And if I don't know, of course they're going to fail. They're going to give up. Because if they could do this by themselves, they would have. Why did they come to us? 
Why did they join your gym? Why did they come to your exercise studio? Why did they type into your website? Why did they knock on your door? Why did they call you? Because they needed some help. They needed somebody to give a damn about them so they can actually achieve their goals with some help. But how can we help people if we don't know why they want our help? We often ask, what do you want? And I'm, I'm, I hesitated on that because I often use this example. I did walk into a health club, a very large chain of health clubs. I had booked in for a, an exercise session with a, with a personal, personal trainer, they were called. And this is why personal training gets such a bad reputation. Uh, the gentleman came out from behind the desk when I arrived and put his hand out to shake my hand. And you ready? He said this, you're obviously here to lose weight. Poor little lovey. Obviously, he didn't have, I don't think he was a bad bloke. I just think he didn't have any communication skills. Or he wasn't really aware <laughs> that not everybody comes to the gym to lose weight. Or not every woman wants to lose weight. Uh, and I definitely don't want to lose weight because I think that if you lose weight, you become very unhealthy because usually when you lose weight, it's from your bones and your muscles and, from, and you dehydrate, and which of course makes you really unhealthy and really sick. So I'm not interested in losing weight at all. In fact, I wish I could put on weight, um, enormous amounts of weight because the weight that I'd be putting on would be muscle and then I'd have a faster metabolism so I could eat more and or I could eat the same and, and uh, have less body fat. That's just an awesome process. But... We need, do we need to know what's important to the people that have come to ask for our help? Do the people who want help need to know what's important to them? Uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of my students have said this to me, oh, Rowie, people don't want to talk. They actually don't want to tell you what their goals are. Could I ask you to carefully consider why that might be? If you ask somebody what their number one health and fitness goal is and what they actually want from you and they feel really uncomfortable about telling you that or, or they don't want to give, share their inner feelings with you, is it possible that they don't like you yet, they don't trust you yet, they don't know you well enough yet to like you or trust you? Is it possible they've had some really terrible experiences in the past and they're really scared that you're going to give them another terrible experience? So how do we break down that barrier? How do we make sure that somebody doesn't fail, which means they don't stop? Is it possible we need to know what their goal is, what their next goal is, what their long-term goal is? Uh, that, back to that list of every business that isn't doing well, I say, okay, take me through each one of these clients. What's their number one goal? What's their next goal? What's their long-term goal? Why is it important to them? Usually, if somebody can tell me what somebody, oh, that person wants to lose weight, why? Not too many exercise people, I won't call them professionals, can actually tell me that. Because usually that's where people stop. Oh, you want to lose weight? Here's how you do it. You want to put on muscle size? Here's how you do it. You want to kick further? Here's how you do it. You want to get into your black dress? Here's how you do it. Without finding out why. Could it be really important to ask people why is this so important to you? Then we have to make the connection this is what you want. This is why you want it. But now we need to connect it up with the emotion. And the only way the brain can do that isn't in words. We know that we need we, the brain thinks in pictures, yeah? So if I can't see myself achieving my goal, is it possible that I won't be able to achieve it? Is it possible that if I can't create a picture of my client achieving their goal, they won't believe that they can achieve it? But what if both of us can see it? What if I create a picture and I actually ask the question, so you want to wear your little black dress to the Christmas party. Tell me, what time's the Christmas party? Where will it be? How big's the room? How many people will be there? Tell me about the black dress. 
What will it look like on you? Describe that for me. So that the person can actually take their own brain through the imagination process of achieving the goal. Now, the head doctors and neuroscientists will all share with us that the brain doesn't know the difference between imagination and reality. It just creates the picture. Once I've got the picture, now I can head towards it. But if I haven't created a picture, I can't do that. So would it be a really good idea that once we know what the goal is and why they want to achieve it, that we create a picture of them achieving it, which is all that, where is that? If you're going to be standing in front of your mirror naked, which mirror, which room will you be in? Where will the sun be coming from? And then, of course, when are you going to do that? Is it possible that a lot of people fail at their exercise eating plan because they don't have a specific time frame? And I always use this example, uh, eventually, hopefully, maybe. How many people achieve a goal if their time frame is the three never going to happen? Eventually, hopefully, maybe. How about this? Specific day, date, and time. Is it possible that me as an exercise professional, if I ask my client very specifically, what's the exact day, date, and time that you want to achieve this goal? Not only where will you be and what will you be wearing and how will you feel when you've got your friends and family there seeing you achieve the goal, but exactly where is it? Because now I've got a picture of it in my brain and I've got a specific time frame of when I want to achieve it. And again, the, the top sports coaches in the world, particularly the Olympic athlete, athlete coaches, they're the ones that have the toughest job because they've got four years between competition. Now, I know they compete in world championships and other competitions, but ultimately, if your goal is to be an Olympian and or be an Olympic gold medalist, you've got to keep motivated for four years or longer if you've started young. So how does a, a sports coach do that? Exact day, date, and time. This is the time of the competition. This is the day of the competition. Let's focus on it. Let's focus. Let's focus. Is it possible that a lot of people fail at their eating and exercise plan because we don't set that up for them? So what do you want? Why do you want it? Where will it be happening? When do you want it? And now comes the emotional questions of how will you feel when you achieve it? How will that feel? Give me words to describe it. So that when you actually exercise with somebody, whether you're teaching a class or doing a personal exercise coaching session, you can actually create the picture in the person's brain and use their words. How will you feel, Rohi, when you're 120 and you're still doing chin-ups like a 20-year-old? How will you feel? And I have some very powerful words for that, which I probably shouldn't repeat. Now, that's the pleasure, but not everybody's motivated by pleasure. Because there's a lot of people who don't know that it's even possible. Uh, and I use the example often, of how will you feel if you look good in a bikini? Or how will you look good if you look good in, in your swimming, swim clothing? And a lot of people can't relate to that because they haven't worn their swim clothing for such a long time. Or it's it, it, even when they did, they didn't like the picture. So that's a pleasurable thought, but they don't believe that it can actually happen because it's been such a long time or never. But there's another great question. How will you feel if you don't? If you've got this really, Rowie, what if you get to 120 and you're a, a frail, weak, old lady in a wheelchair and you have to take 25 different medications every half an hour and you've got to have somebody wipe your bum? And Well, I share that very graphically because that's my biggest fear. That's what I don't want, <laughs> which is my driving force for exercise every day and for having a positive attitude and for eating healthy food and, and for wanting to be a healthy, fit, strong human being. I've got a big why. 
I don't want to end up as a frail, weak old lady with somebody wiping my bum. And of course, that's really powerful for me because I saw that happen to my father. And I don't think it should have happened to my dad. I absolutely passionately believe that if my passion for neuroscience and how the brain works in connection with exercise, if I'd known that when my father was still alive, I think he would have got another 20, 30, 40, 50 years easy. So there's a driving force there. What's your driving force? Why do you want to be a healthy, fit, strong human being? And if you don't have a strong why, is it possible that the what doesn't matter and the process doesn't matter if you don't know why you're doing it? So me as an exercise professional, not only do I have to know why somebody wants to do it, but I have to make the, the emotional connections of how will you feel when you, when you get it, do it, achieve it. How will you feel if you don't get it, do it, achieve it? How will that make you feel? And uh, that thought for me of becoming an old, frail, weak lady is just, uh, it's ugly, horrifying. I don't want to live my life like that. So yes, it's a major driving force, but what's your driving force? How will you feel if you don't achieve your goal? So I'm asking those very personal questions and I'm hoping you can build a relationship with your clients, the people that you care about, to have them trust you, believe in you. Uh, they want you to help them enough that they'll tell you the answers to those questions. And if they don't feel comfortable enough, is it our responsibility to build the relationship, to ask questions in a different way, to uh, keep showing up even if somebody else doesn't I, I don't I don't know my my trainer was always late or my trainer was uh, not interested or my trainer was indifferent or my trainer forgot my name or my trainer was smelly or all the horrible things that people have stopped going to an exercise session for whether it was a reason or an excuse it doesn't matter they stopped and that means they failed because the definition of failure is that you gave up so if you never give up you can never fail so what do we need to do as exercise professionals to make sure that our clients never fail, they never give up? And this is not a, that's why I'm, when people talk to me about 12-week challenges and eight-week challenges and three-month challenges and all that, 12, months, three, 12 weeks, three months, the same thing, I find them a little bit uh, fascinating because for me, I would like my clients, the people that I care about, to be healthy, fit and strong for the rest of their lives. So I don't want to put somebody on a 12-week program. I don't want to get somebody started and think that there's a time frame to stop. It's a bit like saying, uh, you've got to brush your teeth until they're white. And once they're white, you can stop brushing your teeth. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Uh, that could mean it's nonsense. <laughs> How about we get people healthy, fit and strong and stay that way for the rest of their lives? They can't fail if they never give up. And this is a process that we don't give up on. We eat food every day. We brush our teeth every day. We have a shower or we bathe or we clean ourselves somehow every day. Uh, we, there's some things that become a normal part of our life. We wear clothes. We have people in our life. Why don't we have exercise in our life as a normal part? Then you can't fail because it's just a normal part of your life. I failed to eat today. I failed to shower today. I failed to brush my teeth today. For me, it's I failed to breathe today. That's the same as I failed to exercise today. Because for me, exercise rates right up there with breathing. In fact, we breathe so much better when we're healthy, fit and strong. And to get healthy, fit and strong, you have to exercise. So how can we help people uh, to succeed? How can we stop people from stopping, which is the only definition of failure? Do we need to know what, what they want, why they want it? And then do we need to give them a program that will fit into their lifestyle, that fits into their time frame, that is, uh, if it's not interesting and exciting, 
uh, that's okay because 10 seconds doesn't have to be interesting and exciting. It's only 10 seconds. It's a bit like brushing your teeth. It's not particularly exciting to brush your teeth. But boy, do you notice if you don't do it. And I think there's a lot of people in the world right now that they don't notice what it's like to not exercise because they never have or that was such a long time ago they've forgotten. The powerful thing about exercise, it's a drug. It's an addictive drug. The neurotransmitters that addict us to exercise are the same neurotransmitters, uh, dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin, endorphins. They addict us to heroin, cocaine, gambling, smoking, drinking, pharmaceutical drugs, recreational drugs, the same connection in the brain. So if we can take people off the uh, addiction to the stuff that's got horrible side effects and addict them to the stuff that's got great side effects, which is great hair, great skin, great nails, good posture, healthy body, high performance, high self-esteem, great immune system, fast fat burning machine, high performance machine. That's the side effects of being healthy, fit and strong. It's the side effects of addiction to exercise. If you're addicted to exercise, you can't stop. You don't want to stop. That's the difference, isn't it? As somebody that's addicted to a pharmaceutical or recreational drug, they actually don't want to stop. They know that they have to because it might be bad for them, but they don't want to because it feels so good. The beautiful thing about exercise is a really powerful drug that we don't want to stop because it feels so good, but the side effects are awesome. So let's create exercise programs for people that they can actually stick to. And if I take that drug analogy just a little bit further, if I was a drug dealer, and I think that I am, I think I'm the ultimate drug dealer in the world because my drug's the best one in the world and to get addicted to it gives you a long life of quality and you can stay long and strong for long. But if I, young and strong for long is what I wanted to say, but if I wanted to addict somebody to a drug, I wouldn't overdose them in their first go. And is it possible that a lot of people go to a health club first time, they go to an exercise class first time, they meet an exercise person first time, and they get hammered? 45-minute class, one-hour walk, 30-minute run, three, three times a week at the gym, 15 exercises, three sets of 10. And I used to say, this, this came out of my own mouth, if you don't do it three times a week, don't bother. And guess what? People didn't bother. Not only did they stop, which is a definition of failure, a lot of people didn't even start. And I have to take responsibility for that because I believe that my, my inability to understand anatomy and physiology and how simple exercise is and how short it can be has stopped people from starting, has uh, it's been the reason why people have stopped. And worse than that, if you, if you had the ability to exercise at 20 and you didn't, you're going to die early. And you're going to die with some horrible disease. And I, I don't say that to be negative. I say that because, unfortunately, now we live in a world where the biggest killer diseases, and I don't, I don't say this lightly, coronary heart disease, biggest killer in the world, argued by the type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease people who say, no, we kill more people than heart disease. Well, I don't want to get into that argument. But they're pandemics. They kill millions of people every year. Both of those, either preventable or curable or certainly very controllable if you're healthy, fit and strong. Cancer, horrible disease. We talk about it in the most yucky terms. But even the oncologists, the top cancer doctors in the world will share that if you're healthy, fit and strong, there are 80% of cancers that you're never going to get. If you do get cancer, you'll be able to fight it so much better because you've got a body that's capable of fighting because you are fit and strong. You'll recover quicker. 
You'll be able to get more medication, more chemotherapy, whatever you need to get to get rid of the cancer because your body can handle it. And it's less likely to come back, which means you can have quality of life and live young and strong for long. All those horrible diseases controllable by exercise. Do we have a responsibility as exercise professionals to focus on more than you could have ripped abdominals, tight butt cheeks, beautiful arms, and you can't have must and have don't have these foods to get it? Is it possible that if we excite people about exercise and we're passionate about exercise and we've got it shining on our face, I often ask this question, if you love exercise, could you please inform your face? If you're out running, stick a smile on your dial. If you're at the gym, stick a smile on your dial and smile at everybody that walks in there because we want people to have the addiction to the most powerful drug on the planet. It's called exercise. And is it possible that if, if people are addicted to exercise and they never fail, they never stop, that the whole food thing might just take care of itself? Is it possible that if I've got a healthy, fit, strong brain, I can make better decisions about my food? I'll want to make better decisions about my food. And I'll share with you again hundreds, if not thousands of my clients who I've never put on a diet, I've never told them what to eat, I've never told them about calories or fat grams or sugar or carbohydrate or anything. We've just got them healthy, fit and strong. And they've come to me and said, I'm drinking more water, Rowie, because I'm thirsty. Is it possible that our, our thirst mechanisms work better when we're healthy, fit and strong? Is it possible that our hunger mechanisms work better when we're healthy, fit and strong? Rowie, I used to eat a whole heap of stuff late at night because I was grumpy or miserable and I've stopped snacking at night or I've not stopped snacking during the day. I've stopped eating junk food. I used to drink half a bottle of wine or a bottle of wine every night and now I'm lucky if I have a couple of glasses a week. I don't want to drink too much. I don't want to eat too much because everything in my body is working so well. Wouldn't that be awesome? That's why I'm an exercise professional. How about you? Let's stop people from stopping and let's make sure they succeed.